Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What is going on, guys? This is Millennial Money. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We have Meet Kevin in the house with over a million subscribers. You probably have seen Meet Kevin because you can't miss the man. He puts out six videos a day. Absolute beast. We have Andre Jick, who is uh, the man that is uh, the magic man of finance. Okay, just incredible videos. We have Graham Stephan, the legend himself. Over 3 million subscribers now, Graham. Congrats on that. Congrats. Absolutely incredible. And then we have myself, Jeremy Lefebvre, and I have uh, Financial Education 1, 2, and 3. And uh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about, guys. Oh my gosh. Okay, we've got we've got to talk about Bitcoin. We've got to talk about cryptos. We've got to talk about GameStop. GameStop just reported earnings a few hours ago. We got to talk about stocks. Um, I've lost a lot of money today. I don't know about you guys, but I was down like six figures. Did you, did you guys suffer some losses? Or was that was was that only me today? Yeah, just- I, know. I put a hundred k in my account today, and it was basically all gone. <laughs> What? Yeah, because Schwab Schwab counts it like when you put money in your account, it'll count it the next day as a gain. So sometimes, like you put twenty k in there, it makes it look like you made twenty k. But I put a hundred thousand in there, and it was like zero. This was so it was like I didn't put any money in the account just because it's down. I'm down one percent on my portfolio. That's the beautiful thing about dividends is they're kind of boring even right now. It's like cool. I didn't even feel that. I'm down three grand. So, oh, okay. I, yeah. I, I was down six figures, so I don't even want to know what you were down, Kevin. Was it a seven-figure oh, Kevin just lost lots of money. You have to pay them for using that, I feel. They got to get like, a cent every time you play that. <laughs> yeah, make it another email. Oh, gosh, that's funny. How much are you down today, Kevin? You know, I don't look, uh, but I would uh, – Tesla was not too bad. Uh, usually yeah. that's a hundred grand per 1%. Uh, it was down like 1%. Uh, you know, it's the days where Tesla's down, you know, 10% that, that look very bloody. Uh, but yeah. today, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. It's probably, probably down a few hundred K. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly going to be over a hundred K. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on the yeah. Q not P. Yeah. We should <laughs> change the quantity. name. That's right. Hey, that sounds familiar. We should yeah. change the name to millennial, no money. <laughs> <laughs> millennial no money so (laughs) guys we got we got bitcoin why we stop buying bitcoin that's that's our subject title today so i'm I'm trying to figure out should we lead it with that today this whole why we stop buying bitcoin because kevin what happened you posted a video earlier today i don't know if it was in regards to bitcoin but you posted something 
in regards to crypto interest rates. And then next thing you know, what happened? You 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 were shut down, or what happened with that whole situation, <laughs> yeah. man? Kevin, you yeah, called yeah. me late last night too. You're like, Graham, we gotta talk. This is this is crazy. Just going off, going off. I know, and you blew me Whoa. off. <laughs> it was editing. That was oh, terrifying. I see the priorities that was, that was here. More. Yeah. That was more. That was yeah, terrifying. I, no, I, I don't know. Like, I, I the thing is, the problem is, uh, you know, and, and I won't obviously do like the 17 minute video here, but the problem is there, there's a substantial lack of transparency when it comes to uh, crypto lending and crypto interest. So I made a video uh, addressing why, like, this whole pass through. Uh, FDIC insurance is Fugazi, how the amount of money that's actually showing as one-to-one -one collateral is not actually probably what people think it is. Because if I deposit a hundred bucks in uh, BlockFi or whatever, and then they decide to lend it to an institutional lender who happens to be Voyager or Gemini, and they're lending, you know, they're giving that GUSD or USDC stablecoin or whatever to their customers. It's you can have this never-ending chain of lent, 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 and there's a big potential risk of what if one of these companies goes bankrupt because they were a little excessive on their interest rates or their margin rules, and then all of a sudden one bankruptcy becomes a huge liability for another institution who lent them a bunch of money. Now they just lost lots of money, and then you know it's kind of like when one power grid shuts down. Uh, you know, that creates a lot more load and stress on the next one. And then one of those go, right? And then like mm -hmm. 20 minutes after I posted my video, I kid you not, somebody else sent this to me and a bunch of people were seeing it, not the app. But if you went directly to the website, private browser or not, 20 minutes after I posted my video, this this is what shows up <laughs> and so we're like Damn. okay this is a little eerie <laughs> to say the least. it's terrifying because what you told me you said that if the price of bitcoin collapses which kind of makes sense because we have so many retail investors now we have so many beginners that don't have those diamond hands that if they see a 20 percent, 30 percent crash then everybody flocks to sell everything and then that obviously crashes the price of bitcoin or whatever stable coin because now everyone's trying to cash out and because there's not enough stable coins on the balance sheet technically because we're trading derivatives well then the value of the stable coins drops and then you get this domino effect and that's pretty terrifying and that's one of the things that people are like yeah bitcoin no regulation but it's like wait a minute that's that's precisely where regulations are supposed to stop Andre. Yeah, Andre, what, 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 you know, I mean, of your understanding here with these interest rates on these cryptos, like how sustainable do you think this is? Like, do you think it is scary to put money at all? Like, I would love to hear because I think you might understand maybe the best of all of us, maybe on on that side. Well, um, actually, Kevin brought it up to my attention. He's he's the brilliant dude who came up with this, but um, I don't know if there's something we're missing. Like, if there's something that we're just like, well, gosh, we didn't think of this one thing. That's obvious. Yeah, uh, I don't know what what liquidity things that there are there stops that they can prevent, because my understanding is that once those collateralized loans, once they get hit, once the price drops, they automatically sell. And so okay. I don't know if companies like BlockFi can respond quickly enough on time to, to have like, I guess, I don't know, circuit breakers or something like the equivalent of that, where that would not happen. But I, I don't see any barrier as far as like what my knowledge is where that wouldn't happen. I, I don't know what would prevent that from happening. Regulations are supposed to prevent that. 
Is that covered under SIPC? I should know no. this. I don't. No, no, I don't believe so. No, that's SIPC is investment firms. The, like, right. Yeah. yeah. The thing that scared me was Kevin, when I watched your first interview with the Voyager CEO, you know, he basically, you, you kind of asked him very directly about the risk and he's like, oh yeah, there's risk, but he never got into the level of detail that somebody, <laughs> oh. that that's why I still can't put a ton of money in those. Cause I'm like, okay, this it's like, tell me a little more, please. Like give me some details. Did you get any details out of him in that second interview, Kevin, that you were looking for? Okay. You know, it's it's weird because like, look, and I, I invest in Voyager too, Voyager Digital, because like there's there's no question the growth is there. The euphoria to get into these companies and get into crypto is there. What we're talking about is low odds stuff happening. Uh, and and it's kind of like, you know, Andre, you were just saying, hey, like, what if they just do stops? You know, there's there are even some comments here. People are like, well, why don't they just stop people from being able to withdraw? Well, well, they did that to Tether. They stopped, they they froze it for a moment. And then you had a massive sell-off because people are like, wait a minute, this this puts into question the whole point of a of a pegged currency. If if there's a stop, that signals to society that well, the only reason you would stop withdrawals is if you didn't have enough collateral. And if you're not collateralized, then the value's wrong, right? So like a stop makes the situation worse. But mm -hmm. yeah, a stop might be necessary to literally prevent a collapse. So but, they're both bad because one could lead to the other and they crisscross. Now but, your question, that was, let me say really quick, Andre, your question about the Voyager CEO. Yeah, big problem because I'm like, hey, like, well, I even asked like, hey, would you put all your money in, in it? And it's like, oh, well, you know, I got to focus on growing the business. Like, great. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. There were some dodges to yeah. the risk thing. And like, I come from real estate. When I hear nine eight percent interest i'm like that's a crap load of risk somebody is taking on so it, it makes me nervous yeah the the thing is is like i think if they were just you know uh, folks were just more open and honest about this i think we could at least access our risk and be like okay here's what we're looking at here's the odds of probability but when you know folks like that are are almost feel secretive or maybe they don't actually know what's going on either which is even a scarier thing um yeah. Nah. You know, because I, I've done that before. Like if somebody asks me a question, you know, and I don't really know the answer, I'll just kind of dodge it. And I think we all do that or, or sure. you know, you know, and it's just like natural. And so I'm like, what if they actually don't know what's going on? Graham, what do you think? Like, what, what is, where's your level of understanding? With I all had, yeah, I had two thoughts. When Kevin called me last night, my first thought was, well, what's stopping everyone from going to the bank and asking for all of their money back? We know that banks are leveraged 10 times. So if everyone goes to the bank and said, we want all of our money. There's no way they'd be able to provide that. So my thinking was, well, it might be kind of similar to that. And paying 9% might also be the cost of customer acquisition. A lot of places are paying a lot of money to acquire a customer because they know they might pay you a hundred bucks, but then they make 500 on the back end. So I think maybe it's a bit of both, but I agree. I think 9% almost risk-free there's got to be some level of risk to that. There has to be but, something. But also that. banks are regulated and they have proper restrictions on how much, you know, like the fractional reserve banking system. But at the same time, what you said to me, Kevin, was actually kind of scary where you said every stable coin throughout history has failed. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Which is kind of interesting. And here's the reason for that. So, like, there was an example that I read uh, that said uh, it was, like, uh, Mexican army generals, like, hundreds of years ago. uh, just Just as one example of one. Uh, said, hey, well, I'll I'll guarantee you that this will be like you're. They, they didn't have the money to basically pay uh, at, at for a moment. What was it? I can't remember the exact example. There was something to the effect of, we'll guarantee you that you'll be able to convert like this this item of some sort, this representation, into a guaranteed amount of currency, and that hey, when we get back from the battlefield or whatever, we have it all in the coffers. But the problem is then people start, and this is really the future thing that becomes more important rather than this specific example. What becomes more important is what happened in that scenario is exactly what started happening with every stable coin in history. As soon as somebody creates a stable coin, whether it's an eraser or an IOU of some form, they're like, I will peg the value of this eraser to a dollar. The person who takes the trust is the person who's guaranteeing that, whether it's BlockFi or it's Voyager or it's me with this eraser. And as soon as that trust breaks down, the whole thing collapses. And the reason the trust usually always fails and the coins have always failed in the past is because people start lending them. It's like, okay, Mm. well, if if this is always going to have the value of a dollar, hey, Mm. let me give this eraser to Jeremy Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go buy something else with the money I get from Jeremy or, or whatever, right? And, and so it's the lending and borrowing that has always led to the collapse of stable coins in the past, which is literally exactly what's happening with these stable coins. So are we kind of talking about derivatives now? I mean, this is what this would be like the derivatives market. Well, I mean, is- in, in theory, right? Because like, the, I think the weird thing is, I mean, it, it, it's complicated because the value. So a derivative means one asset has their value derived off of another. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, the value of mortgage-backed securities is based on the value of the underlying real estate. So the underlying real estate collapses, your MBS loses value. So just an example there. The problem here with this lending thing is if, if I deposit 100 bucks to Gemini and then they lend out my my 100 GUSD, I look at my account, I'm like, I got 100 GUSD in my account. I feel like I have that 100 GUSD. So it's kind of like giving a loan, but I'm not actually giving anything which is weird. But then Jeremy deposits $100. He's like, I got 100 GUSD. Everybody feels like they have 100 GUSD, but nobody actually does. <laughs> so off that $100, you're creating a balance sheet that says 200, 300 GUSD. It's like, you've no yeah. idea what the real actual thing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and the only thing that this, that's scary versus banks, like Graham was saying, is that with crypto, it's so volatile that you have all these new investors that, they have no idea what to do. So they they run on the bank, essentially. They run on BlockFi, and then they try to claim their money. And because there's no liquidity, boom, there's your stablecoin collapse. People don't do that. That's banks. crazy about when and if a Bitcoin crashes one day. What happens when Bitcoin crashes is the first thing companies do who mine Bitcoin is they stop mining Bitcoin because right. it's not profitable anymore at certain prices. Guess what happens when people stop mining Bitcoin? Transactions take 
five, 10 times longer to process. When transactions take longer to process, liquidity plummets exponentially. I'm not sure that's how it works. I have to look that up, but I'm not sure that's <laughs> yeah. 100% no, no. true. If people stop mining, transaction yeah. speed will slow down because liquidity in this system will there, slow there down. There won't be people that stop mining because at a certain point, once enough miners leave, then there's more incentive to come and, 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 and mine the reward because now there's less miners to split that up with. So there will always be somebody mining profit it. profit center though now is, the, is, is not the fee, it's the value of the coin. And so people are assuming like, okay, if I could boy or mine, you know, 0.001 Bitcoin every day or hour, or whatever their rate is. Right. The big thing now is the value. I mean, you're getting $55,000 for a Bitcoin. The fee is not there yet. I know in the future, you know, once Bitcoin is fully mined, the theory is that the fee will carry it, but I don't think the fee carries it right now. It, it does because even before gotcha. the 54, 55, 60, whatever thousand dollars it, it was, yeah. people were still mining it by the boatload, even when it was below $10,000. So the network's not going to disappear just because there's less miners now. And the block time is still going to be 10 minutes. The transaction time will not mm. change. If you have more miners on the network, it does not increase the transaction time. It stays. At All right, I'll have to do some research on that. I, yeah, I, I want yeah. to believe you. I'm skeptical. Yeah. Guys, let, let's come back to this subject later because Graham and my brains are just heating up. They're getting too hot right now. Let's talk about something simple like GameStop stock, okay? What happened with those earnings? I saw the stock tank that uh, was out, you know, uh, spending way too much money at a furniture store, so I didn't get to oh, see, no. like, um, what happened with the with the stock price. I saw what happened with stock price, but I didn't see the earnings. What happened there, Kevin? Uh, do they miss on? Uh, do they double miss on EPS and, and revenue, or oh what happened? Gosh, sorry, I you just checked GameStop. Sorry. Uh, I, I, and <laughs> yeah, no, I've been out of it all day. At some point, we'll have to circle back too to whether or not Ooh. we're buying or selling BTC, but we'll save That's that bad. as like look. Uh, so, <laughs> on on uh, GameStop, I think honestly, people were really, really hoping uh, to hear the CEO hype the future the transition uh, like okay. I, the numbers come on are we were we really expecting gamestop to to moon off earnings off console? come on <laughs> people were people wanted vision they wanted mm -hmm. the ceo to go in there look we're partnering yeah. with ryan here's what's going to happen we're going to change the stores into this we're going to increase sales by doing this and then people wanted to go eh, yeah let's do that right we didn't get that. Mm -hmm. We literally, like, this is what we got. <laughs> Revenues for the third quarter yeah. were this. Revenues for this were this. That's a 3% increase. This decrease. It was bullcrap. <laughs> yeah. So, Graham, Graham, is, yeah. it, is it over? Is this whole GameStop situation over now? Or do you think this is, is has potential to come back? What, I, can't your help, I can't help but feel it's been over for a week and a half two weeks okay. now. I feel like after the first pump, it was never going to be the same afterwards. And so far it hasn't. I just mm -hmm. think people get bored and their attention after a few days is going to go to something else. I think so many of these investors are so impatient that if it doesn't do anything within like five days, ah, okay, it didn't work. What else now? What's, yeah. what's the next one? I think people just want immediate gratification. And I, I can't see it having the same hype as it did back then when it pumped to like 450. Yeah, it, it's funny. I, I uh, you know, I, I agree with that, Graham, in terms of like uh, this whole like 
I need the stock price to go up this week because like I, I go to some of the message boards on like Yahoo, like if I'm messing around one night and like Corsair, like Tattooed Chef, whatever stock and, and people would be like, this is our week, guys. We're just going to skyrocket this week. We're going to go up big. And I'm just like, like, who cares what happens this week? <laughs> like it matters what happens over the next three, five, seven years with these stocks. But Nobody wants to hear that, Jeremy. Yeah, I know. Everybody wants their attendees now. Well, yes. yeah, it depends. It depends Wall on who you're dealing with. Wall Street Bets is looking at this video and they're like, ooh, you just wait, Graham. I would not be surprised if there's another major pump from like God knows where, but yeah. I don't well, think it'll be in GameStop though. I think no, it's it, might, it might, it, yeah, you're right. Maybe Dogecoin. Great. Graham, yeah, what, would you, what would you say is the percentage GameStop goes to another record high? Let's say it goes to $500, like 1%, less than 1%, 5%. This is just me purely guessing here. I don't know. Uh, probably 5%. I, I what think would you say, Andre? Yeah, it's more likely to hit $50 than 5 Because <laughs> if it happens, I could take more credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, realistically, like 10%. Yeah, one out of ten. Like but they'll probably find another stock. Yeah, you never got into GameStop, right, Kevin? Or did you? Just for the fun uh, of it. I for the fun of it, I okay. I did put some money in. Uh, but I I said as I was doing it, I remember saying, "This is stupid. Don't do it." Uh, but the, the problem is sometimes when I'm on a live stream, I I do stupid things, and it's almost it's like it's part of the show almost. Yeah. Uh, it's sometimes the stupid things are actually hilarious to work out. Like I bought. I bought three Bitcoin at $35,000, totally mm. from, from a joke. And, and uh, you know, immediately all this hate because I, I did it on Robinhood. But yeah. it, it was it was totally for the entertainment purposes. But, I mean, from then I, I got more interested in Bitcoin. And obviously, I mean, that those each of those coins is up like, what, 20, 19 grand right now, uh, yeah. depending on how much this crashes here. We'll see. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, yeah, no, seriously, no, no. Okay. Yeah, you know that I own Tesla stock. I actually bought some Tesla stock after we did a video together. No, I didn't. Yeah. I really didn't think you ever owned any. Do you yeah. mind sharing how much? Or <laughs> I was experimenting with fractional shares, honestly. And okay. I bought at an, at an average cost of ninety five dollars. Wow. I am I am up five hundred ninety one percent. Oh my god. My market my market value of my portfolio for Tesla is six dollars and ninety-two cents. Oh, come <laughs> on. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I bought one dollar. What is I bought a dollar on video to test the fractional shares on Robinhood when they released it. And I was like, you know what? Tesla's so expensive. I'm just gonna buy some Teslas. <laughs> I remember this video actually. I remember oh, because man. you I think you got into uh fractional before i did because not everybody got it yeah. at the same time yeah so at the same time and i didn't make a video but at the same time i bought uh i bought what did i buy uh, <laughs> a million dollars yeah no 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 i bought one dollar of apple on cash app oh that's uh, at the same same time i don't know if you really see gonna it focus uh, you got to turn your brightest narrative wow yeah. 268 <laughs> wow i bought one dollar I, I bought amd i think AMD on on Cash App. Yeah, it's actually not a bad app. It's it's really straightforward. What's the what, what's the one uh, either crypto and uh, you know stock whatever that you really wanted to buy but you oh, never bought it because you maybe thought it was too expensive and then you ended up you know it ended up going up a ton. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> let me just want to say really quick. Is it Tesla, I Andre? That up. Yeah. yeah. I 
I screwed that up. I sorry. It's it's one fifty seven is the value of Apple because apparently I have one dollar oh. invested in Apple. It went up to one fifty seven. Okay, that seems more mm. accurate. The uh, but I did put a dollar into AMC apparently at some point, and that's up eleven cents. Oh, okay. Nice. Hmm. I don't know where that came from. There you go. What, what yeah, about sorry. you, Graham? You ever you ever find a stock or a crypto or something you or real estate property for that matter that you really really wanted to buy so bad? And for some reason, maybe you got a little too greedy around price, let's say, and you didn't buy it. Any examples? Yeah, well, there were there were two. In terms of real estate, there was a deal it, in Las Vegas, of all places, it was in Las Vegas, and they wanted like $85,000 for a three-bedroom house. And oh, right. I thought this house was worth like eighty because it needed it, it had like a little bit of water damage. And... Um, yeah, so I, I didn't buy it because I figured ah, it's going to take too much to get fixed up. Now that place must be worth like two fifty. When, when was this, Graham? What year were, were we talking? That would have been two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. Okay, yeah, that's right around when the the market bottomed here in Vegas. Interesting. Right. So wow. and then weird story from that, but uh, didn't buy it. The new buyer. Uh, so there, I, I was in escrow actually on that place, and I decided to back out. Um, okay. Some damage. The new buyer bought it. Closed a few weeks later. And there was some sort of electrical fire that happened in the house. Half the house burnt down. And then that mm. owner apparently got a big insurance claim from that, rebuilt the house. So that, wow. would, that would have been that would have been me having to rebuild that. I mean, maybe it would have been worth now way more, you know, had, hey, I, hey. had I built it. But no, that Graham, that might have saved your life, man. Cause you know, you might've been like going on a trip to Vegas and knowing you, you didn't want to, you know, spend all that money at a hotel room. You stay in that house. You could have no, burned up stay there. No, no, I <laughs> not have stayed there. Hey, I, I know where you and Kevin stayed in Detroit. Don't tell me you wouldn't have stayed there. <laughs> all right, Kevin, all right. That's fair. That's what, fair. What, what happened when you guys went to Detroit, Kevin? I heard, I heard about this story once before, but I don't think the people really know. Graham, Mr. You know, over a million subs at the time. It's like, well, let's sort by lowest price <laughs> <laughs> in Detroit. In Detroit, <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, honestly, it seems it seemed fine. Like the place looked nice in pictures. <laughs> it looked totally fine. I, I honestly, I didn't. I thought we were just we're gonna stay there. It's just a place yeah. to come and crash at night. We're gonna be gone all day. Go back at night and sleep. Yeah, so and then Grant. And then Graham's so so innocent and friendly. He starts telling the the cab driver, Uber driver, or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, we're you like yeah, we have successful YouTube channels, and yeah, I got all these properties, blah blah blah. And the next thing you know, it's nighttime, and and cars are starting to like park with like no lights on by the house. <laughs> yeah, the guy. The, I thought the guy was friendly. I thought the guy was friendly, so I just strike up a conversation. <laughs> we're here to buy real estate. We're here to look at things. Yeah, you know, we're filming them and. I don't know. The guy was really nice. So, so yeah, but but it was Kevin. Kevin, you brought someone with you to help you film. It was him who was like, dude, I can't believe you told them that. Like this, I, I think it was one of his friends that got uh, mugged. Was it in Europe or something? Like he talked a little bit too oh, much. Oh, information. Yeah, I think it was like, it was like Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. he he was doing what I was doing told the guy too much information. Then the guy told his friends, came back and mugged them. So now they got it in our head. Like, listen, you told them all the information. He could come and show, he knows where we're staying. He could come and like just show up and take all of our stuff. We have all this camera equipment with us. And uh, 
so yeah, that got her freaked out. And then at like two o'clock in the morning, we see a car pull up in front of the house with its oh. light turned off, but the car was running and there were people inside the car. And so we look outside the thing and we see people in the car that look like they're talking to each other. And we're like, oh crap, like what if? So I post on Instagram and within minutes, someone responded back saying, yeah, man, I'll, I'll pick you up and fix this, pick this up. And that was up. crazy oh, how awesome. fast, yeah. like Graham's like, I need whatever you said, but within, within like literally seconds, you had people messaging you multiple after multiple, like, oh yeah, we, Hey, we could drive you over here to this hotel or whatever. Like the amount of connections you had in Detroit from the IG was insane. Yeah. It's honestly, Instagram is a, a lifesaver. If, if I need, like I had the couch in the living room that I need to get rid of. I posted on Instagram and within minutes I sold the couch. Um, just little favors like that. Sometimes uh, I, I, I needed something, some help or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, I needed, I needed some help um, installing some curtains. I kid you not. And, and, and you, need, you need an extra set of hands. So I posted on Instagram. I met, I met the coolest person from doing that. He was like, yeah, man, I'm, I live five minutes away. I'll help you. Done. That's it. The problem with, with you selling stuff is people will literally just buy it to meet you. Like funny, you can sell it. Yeah, you could sell any used car or product or whatever, probably for a premium and profitably solely for imbuing your touch. <laughs> like the headphones. How much you get for those headphones, Kevin? Well, I did. I don't, it was a donation. It was a, a charity. A Children's Heart Foundation it was 14 grand. I rounded it to 15 grand. And, and, and they actually paid it. Fourteen five hundred. Yeah, they and paid fourteen thousand five hundred dollars. eBay uh, took a five hundred dollar fee yeah. on 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 the donation thing, and it's like, gosh, thanks. Uh, and so I I threw in the K and, and round fifteen wired it. Hey, I've I've been zoned out for the last three minutes because Kevin, you're just starting to make me real mad. You know <laughs> no, I haven't been able to focus for the last three minutes ever since. <laughs> what is going on here, man? You know how to get under my skin, don't you? Don't you? you started it. What did I do? I didn't do a thing. The breakup millennial money part two. <laughs> it's, it's your name. I just want to know why you hate tattoo stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, we we can't go down the tattoo stuff part anymore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh no. Consumer preferences are changing. Kevin. You're going to be, don't be that guy that, uh, like, um, you know, whenever you sold out of, uh, or no, you didn't sell out of Tesla, but remember Graham sold out of Tesla and then he looked like a genius and you kept buying it. And then you might end up being that, that guy, man. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm being the person I get upset of, uh, for, for the comedy effect, but uh, no, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, you know, the short term doesn't matter. In fact, I, I mentioned, uh, earlier today, this morning, the saying, you know, hey, quite frankly, if TTCF keeps going down, I, I wouldn't mind putting that money back in. Like if it goes to like 18, I'll be like, look, I got to pick a food company. That'd be the cheapest one. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. that far away from it. Uh, who cares about that? I don't care about the short term. Hey, if I if I prices keep falling here the next couple of weeks, I'll go shopping again. Maybe that'll be on the list. But the thing is, like TTCF has like 5x, 10x plus potential. Don't do you see that with that company, or do you just not see it? Do you see this? You know, Nikola has 5x potential. You you think it has 5x potential? What? What? Potential is a very subjective word. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, uh, I 
I, I want to see, we want to see it. We got to see the margins. We'll see what happens. Uh, if it keeps selling off, Hey, you know, might be interesting for some diversification. Although lately it's been, it, it, you know, obviously it's, it's been trading a little bit more on the rough side. Uh, but that's again, very short term. I can't figure out which it trades with. If it trades more like a recovery or tech at this point, uh, you know, the entire market's just been getting battered though, though. this, this last month, and uh, really we're coming up on like four and a half weeks now it's been painful you know the market's just been pretty crappy yeah. for most people but here's the thing with, with ttf stock i feel like you're viewing that as such a a um from such a perspective of oh let's see the margins like you're not viewing this mm -hmm. at all in the same light you would view a tesla because you would never talk about this sorts of things if you're like well, no i do, like, I you, do. It's, so it's you're telling me margin. you're telling me you would start investing in tesla because of the margins tesla has today hell yeah whatever get out of here you invest in tesla because of the, of the future man not because of what margins they have today no Bro, way. they've taken tesla margin from like 18 percent to 24 percent if you adjust for the, the the pandemic it's it's insane elon projects margins will go to 30 percent, and i know that's that's projecting the future too and I, I'm, that's fine margins can grow but for for an automotive manufacturer that's as young as tesla is the margins today are actually pretty freaking incredible and they haven't even fully innovated or built out their other factories or scaled those yet then you jump over to the fact i can't believe this okay this is where i fall off my chair kathy wood thinks when we get to autonomy we could be at 40% margins at Tesla. I'm like, oh, wow, I have met somebody yeah, way tough. more bullish than me. <laughs> well, that, yeah, we should talk about that because Kathy, yeah. I don't know, I'm sure you saw her numbers. She's got five to 10 mil in 2024. I personally, as a Tesla bull, I don't see that. What do you see uh, them cars doing delivered? in 2025? You, you think they're going to hit those numbers? Car, cars delivered, uh, no. I think 10 is impossible. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay, like maybe that's like a 2%, like, wow, everything just worked out. And Saudi Arabia is like, here's 50 bill, go produce five factories or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, you know, sure, then, then you could put stuff together fast. Uh, but uh, wow, I mean, that margin is very, very high. The delivery numbers are very, very high. Elon Musk rebutted her and, and you know, kind of dampened that expectation a little bit as well on Twitter, suggesting like, hey, you know, it's it's all about that manufacturing. Got to get Wait, that to scale. So, and so Jeremy, Kevin, yeah. as a non-Tesla investor, and maybe somebody who's watching this right now is not You're investor. a Tesla investor. Yeah, yeah, $7 worth. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm on the fence and I'm trying to decide and I'm more growth oriented, I love VTI. I love VOO. I love the two ETFs that I can change yeah. and like buy back and forth as a tax loss harvesting because they're basically the same. <laughs> but yeah. you've heard of that strategy. It's amazing. Just be um, careful, man. <laughs> what? Are you talking <laughs> about? what? Um, if they're substantially similar, it's blurry. The IRS is funny, man. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not a wash sale. That that's that's all good. That's considered good. But okay. if, if, if I'm in the if I'm on the fence about Tesla. Is there anything you could say to convince me to invest in Tesla? Is there like a, a case that you can make in like a couple of minutes or a minute that would make something? I, I could make a case, but I could also make a case that Tesla is not the best investment in the market in terms of risk reward. I don't even think it's close. I don't even think it's remotely close. Um, ah, okay. I mean, I want to hear that. Stocks off the top of my head that. that I think have better risk rewards than Tesla. But with that yeah, being said, yeah. here's the thing. Like it, it, you have what to first believe that all vehicles in the future down the road will be electric vehicles, right? Right. Um, yeah. If you can't get there, then you can't imagine Tesla, right? So let's say 10 years from now, 
everybody that goes to buy a new car is an electric car. Well, Tesla's clear in, clear in a way the premier player when it comes to electric vehicles, right? So as long as they continue to maintain this or at least, you know, keep innovating, keep their pedal to the metal, they should be the number one player when it comes to EVs. So in the way I like to think about it, I think they can have between a 25 to a 50% market share in North America when it comes to, you know, the wow. total vehicle. That's goal. more bullish than I am. Yeah, which is which is we've never seen that in modern history. I think they're going to have a an Apple esque type market share for electric vehicles. Yeah. I really do. How many years ahead are they of other auto manufacturers that are trying to do EVs? Probably three to six, depending on which company it is. So okay. you know, they're three to six years in front of everybody. So I'm just Wait, looking hold on, at hold on. what makes them three to six years ahead. They're they're charging stations, their factories, their battery technology. What is, what is it about them that that is hard for companies to replicate? Yeah, the, the, the batteries. Um, okay. Also, like the, the way the vehicles just work, phenomenal uh, autonomous driving, and um, you know, or self driving, whatever you want to call it. And then also, yeah, I think the charging stations. I mean, I just don't think you can and, replicate that in any quick amount of time. And 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 what happened with the full self driving that got canceled? I read that where. Uh... Stop! Stop! You're kidding, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm <just> kidding. <laughs> okay. No, for real. Wasn't that? Wasn't that? Uh, didn't Elon say that's going to be put on hold? How how serious was that? I don't think it was very serious. I don't know what, what your opinion is, Kevin. Uh, if you got a different opinion, I don't think it was that serious. I think it's just, you know, talk that happens sometimes. I don't, like, I don't know if you guys are punking me. I made a whole video about this. You did, yeah. I didn't, I see, it. It. I didn't see it, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, I, that, okay, fine. I, I thought y'all pulled my <laughs> No, no, no. Okay, short, short version. Yes. Elon Musk said, Hey, we're, you know, who wants to sign up for the full self-driving beta? I replied within like 30 seconds. So many people replied though, unfortunately mm -hmm. that Elon Musk says, Hey, we're going to come out with a button and we're going to let people click sign up for beta because then we don't have to manually do it. Makes mm -hmm. sense. Have a button automated. Get it. Uh, he says, okay, maybe in 10 days we'll have a button. Well, like 15 days go by and he says, Hey, look, here's the thing right now we're in version 8.2 and I'm extending his verbiage a little bit right now we're in 8.2 we're going to 8.3 the problem is we're going to a massive upgrade from version 8 to version 9 to where we're not going to be using single camera data anymore we're going to be using surround camera data surround video where like they're merging multiple images at the same time to make algorithmic decisions and uh, it, it makes more sense for them to say hey let's open up the floodgates of of uh, beta testers in version 9 not in the version that we know we're axing. Like why get people in on version eight when we know we're going to version nine next month? All he said is we'll do the button when we come out with the new version next month. Literally zero delay on the self-driving version nine, zero delay on the current self-driving, zero delay on the current beta test, no delays. But, but Benzinga runs a story going, uh, <laughs> Elon Musk cancels full self-driving update uh, working on further updates or whatever. And I'm like, I I did a video freaking out about it. Like, what the F? This is like, this is the worst clickbait right. possible. So, you know, I, I put in the title like wrong. I should have put fake news, but that would have been possible. Right. Political yeah, I, I think it was clickbait. It was like, yeah, boy, uh, boy, cry, cry wolf. What was it? <laughs> I totally forget. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but it was so no, annoying. Because I mean, it's like, wolf. what? Yeah, there was wolf. no, wolf. there wasn't, in the article itself, they didn't even say the word cancel once. Right. <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah, they're trying to compete with the YouTubers, bro. We got a clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. Oh, 
Okay, so so Jeremy, you were saying so so they're ahead of the batteries. There, how about yep. the charging stations? So I know uh, yeah. Porsche with the Taycan, Taycan. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was like there was one charging station here in Vegas, which is crazy to me. How that's a thing? How is that possible that you could have a car with one charging station in the whole town? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I think I think uh, that's another thing. Like you know, the amount of money it takes to build out a supercharger network, like Tesla's done, and the time and the logistics and figuring all that out is another thing that I think Tesla's multi years ahead of everybody. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you have multi things here on why Tesla's years ahead. And then you're also going to have this little factor that people are going to get used to kind of using Tesla's product. And I feel like. Um, you know, it, it's going to become more intuitive and things like that. And it's kind of almost like the Apple advantage nowadays, right? Where, you know, over time, Apple was was really far in front of everybody. But then a lot of companies ended up catching up to Apple yeah. in terms of like the hardware. But people that want iPhones still want iPhones because yeah, they, they, they surpassed Apple. Apple is not the, the best tech in town, but people are still paying premiums just because it's Apple. So you're, you're thinking that that'll happen with Tesla, too. It's possible, but that could be more like the autonomous taxi network. Like, right. you know, if they have this most seamless product, the easiest, um, you know, let's say, you know, you, let's say you want a car after this this, this video and, and Tesla's the quickest to get there by far. And let's say it's just the best experience. You're probably going to take them even if, um, I don't know, there's somebody else out there because you just get used to doing it. And right. um, so is, and that's, that's the advantage for the autonomous taxi network, I think, over yeah. time, too. Is the supercharge are they licensing the use of their supercharging stations for other companies? From from my understanding, no one uh, uses it. I think Elon's open to that idea, but I don't think anybody set up so they can charge their cars uh, at Tesla. You know, I I don't know. But then again, I had I think I have seen signs before that it says only for Tesla. So maybe right. it's just Tesla. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just Tesla. Okay, but they're open to the idea of licensing it. They just haven't yet. I heard they were, but then again, you, if you think about it, if there's going to be a ton more Teslas on the road, you don't want those those superchargers to be, you know, too overwhelmed. And then somebody pulls up with a V dub into a Tesla charger, and it's like, hey man, I'm, I actually have a Tesla. <laughs> Let me in. If someone creates an adapter and some way, some workaround for that, there's got to be someone out there who's no. done that and figured that out. More than that, though, because here's the thing. It's not just the plug, which Tesla has is the only one with this non-standard plug, but it's the fact that when you go to a Tesla supercharger, you don't have to take out your phone. You don't have to go, I'm at this terminal. Mm -hmm. I'm using this plug. Yep. I'm mm -hmm. in this location. Here's my credit card. There's none of that. Right. It's just you plug it in. The plug communicates with the car, and Tesla knows who you are, and here's your charging. Yeah, but but you got to understand though, Kevin. Here's the thing. You know, there's much simpler ways to take road trips. Like, let's say hypothetically, you buy like a thousand dollar Volvo, <laughs> and you just you just gas it up in two minutes, and then you're great. Just wait until you see it. <laughs> Graham, give us an update on the Volvo situation. What's going on with that? Uh, yeah. So Jack just picked up the car. Uh, was it y yesterday? So yesterday, uh, we got insurance, I believe, today, and uh, yeah. I, I wish I would have talked to Jack the other night because I would have convinced him to do a prank on you where he like calls you and he's like, dude, you won't believe it. I'm broke down in like the desert. Right. <laughs> you know, you love to play pranks on him. That would have been so funny. Uh, no, I, I knew he wouldn't be driving. There's the car. Okay. That's it. Look how nice that looks. Come on. Anybody want to say anything or are we just going to go on to the next subject? It's up to you guys. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave this here. You'll just leave it there for us? Okay. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. That's there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. I I man. That, that's, that's something else. We also need updates on the aquarium and, and the pool, Graham. Tell us a little bit about that. How's that yeah. there? No update on the aquarium. Nothing is gonna happen until mid-April. So that's when the water goes in. After mid-April, it'll be good. Then it's got to cycle through for a month. So not much is happening on that. Uh, we got landscape. Grow, What's grow up? algae or whatever? No, it just got to cycle through. So there's there's some bacteria that uh, that's supposed to grow in the tank. And, and it's supposed to mature a little bit so that when you put fish in, it, it, yeah. it's, got, it's got everything ready for that. Yeah. Um, okay. Because otherwise they could get shocked if maybe the environment's not right or whatever. It's, yeah, it's too sterile. Um, okay. but then we got the, uh, you know what? I don't have any pictures of the, uh, the landscape, but here's the, the margin call so far. <laughs> that's, that's the pool in the back. And then I got a whole bunch of trees and everything in the back. They just oh, got cool. installed, but that's it. That's cool. So, wow. Yeah. That's um, a, you know, a dirty, dirty window for, for like snipe sniper strategic purposes. You have a disadvantage in that backyard. Oh, I know. <laughs> I just need a good laser pointer to point up at uh, the Nerf gun. Yeah. Wait, speaking, uh, actually, is there any other um, asset class in your guys' portfolio that we, you wish you wanted to own more of? Like, for me, it's it's real estate. I wish I owned more real estate. We've been telling you for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing. Is there anything? I feel like, Jeremy, Jeremy, I can't hear you. Oh, we can't hear you. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> no, I can't hear them. <laughs> I, I'm not sure okay. if they're just mouthing or if it's broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, can't can't hear you. I, I'm assuming he was going to say Bitcoin and lots of it. I think that's <laughs> mouth. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, I, don't I know. know. Kevin, I want like I want to do the gram where. Except Graham is so bored, apparently, he has to buy a fish tank and a Volvo. But I, I, I want to be in the position to just focus on less, like less earnings calls, less stocks, less crap. Like, yeah. if, you, if you're too diversified, it's a freaking headache. Can you, can you yes. hear me now? Yes. yes. There we go. You're back. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I messed up everything on my computer here just a minute ago when I tried to plug it in. Uh, was I right or was I right? That's what she I said. Know, I was gonna say you want to buy buy the house of uh, this house. I'll sell you this house for a good price, Andre. How much is it? Uh, I'll sell it to you for um, nine hundred thousand. How about that? What? Oh my god, that's insane! <laughs> how much? What's the? Bedroom? It's almost almost four thousand. Okay, and how many bedrooms and bathrooms? Uh, four five bedrooms. Oh wow! Four okay. and a half baths. All right. And, uh, it's in a great neighborhood, man. We got a great school system. You're in the premier part of Henderson. You know, you want to be up near Seven Hills, man. No realtor fee. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just rent it out? Ah, uh, it's so much work. God, it's a headache. Yeah. Really? All right. You're not make that much money if you rent it out. I mean, you might, Jeremy. You might cash flow. What was it like? Fifteen hundred? Uh, I don't. Yeah, if something I, like that. Yeah, because I could probably. Get our place yeah yeah Sorry, but, not, i mean talk to us about the headache of renting out properties graham is it is it good is it bad like you've done it for so many years let us know you know you've made it in life when you're like oh it's not worth the 1500 a month like, oh 
the headache. Uh, when you listen, when you consider, here, it would be different if Jeremy's buying a place for three hundred grand and he's making fifteen hundred dollars a month for nine hundred thousand dollars. You should be making more than fifteen hundred dollars a month. Well, maybe he is. Is well, that because you're not you're not paid off yet? That's why it's right. it's because he overappraised by six hundred thousand. Right. No. <laughs> 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 No, I know it's worth at least five or six hundred. I don't know how much more than that actually. It's probably worth seven fifty. Seven fifty, yeah, I can see I, that. I think I could get. I think I could get eight hundred for it. But uh, anyways, at least eight, at least eight hundred. But I'll give it to you for a cheaper price, like nine hundred in bitcoins, Andre. <laughs> in bitcoins, that's my whole portfolio, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Graham. But no, seriously, talk us through. And Kevin, uh, you guys have actually rented out properties for many years, like. Is this a simple process? Is it a nightmare? Like, like talk us through this. Cause I've, I've never rented a property to anybody. So I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it's great in terms of building your wealth, but the issue becomes when you have limited time, it takes time to manage it properly and you can get a property manager, but still you're, you're managing the manager. And on one of my places, I, I got the property manager on it, but uh, there was an issue with like some landscape clearance that they needed taken care of. And also an HVAC unit went out and that was a $2,100 repair. And we, we got multiple bids on that. And it was just, you know what, it, it's when you, when, when your time is so limited, it, it becomes just, it's not worth it at that point. Now, in the beginning, 100%, I owe so much to investing in real estate. It's just beyond a certain point, um, it becomes difficult to, to manage that in conjunction with like 30 other things. Okay. It's, it's, inter it's interesting how when it comes to our incomes and our time, the advice is so different than 99% of the people that are literally watching this video. So it's like, yeah. to them, that's why to we got to find out, do we yeah. buy Bitcoin or do we sell Bitcoin at this point? Right. <laughs> it, just, it all comes back to Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin and GameStop. <laughs> I want to know, like, when, when would you sell your crypto, Graham? I don't think I would. Um, I, I've consistently been doing 5000 a week in Bitcoin. And yeah, I, I, I try, okay. within a week, by the way, I try to time it. And I have little limits set up at like 55, 50, like right before it hits 55 or like 54, 56. Whatever it's at, I just set a limit. If it hits, it hits. If not, if not. But I kind of have fun every week trying to trying to time it. Just for what's fun. your portfolio at? Uh, two fifty. Five thousand. Five thousand on. Okay, too. That's great. And yeah. then Jeremy, you're you still haven't bought any. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah, I haven't, but I still own the MSTR stock. So, I mean, it's like that's a direct same. bro. That's a derivative. <laughs> I know, but the the only reason I'm in that stock is literally because of all the Bitcoin they have. So I'm like, it. You know, is I don't know. So maybe it makes sense for me to sell MSTR and buy just Bitcoin straight up. Could you? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, if you want to own it through stocks, then Riot Blockchain, that's a minor company. So, yeah. And that stock's gone crazy. Do you own any of that crazy. stock? I, I don't. I talked about it in my video, but I don't like, I, I see no point in owning a mining company if I already have so much in Bitcoin. It's just like redundant. Even though, I mean, it's not technically redundant. Those stocks are appreciating way faster than Bitcoin is. Wait, I wonder what? why. What's up? Which stocks? Riot. 
Oh, oh, the miners. How, how do you feel, Andre? How do you feel about buying, like, let's say, you know, like Voyager has VGX, or I think BlockFi might have a, you know, uh, some sort of coin of their own. How do you feel about buying those coins? VGX. Yeah, VGX is is from Voyager, and I think some other uh, the crypto companies um, have their own coins. Like, how do you feel? What do you think about well, that? Why would I buy the coins and not the stock? Well, because essentially the coin there's like uh, different things they could do like with loyalty programs and things like that over time mm -hmm. so um there could be actually a, an immense amount of demand for those coins over time if they roll out like loyalty programs rewards programs um so many different things like imagine they have a debit card or credit card over time and, and how many different things they could you know um reasons you'd want a vgx coin so i mean yeah. I you ever thought about that no i haven't actually looked into it i'll look into that okay. I almost kind of would rather own Voyager Digital than crypto. Mm. I don't know, am I crazy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think so because here's the thing. You know, with, with Voyager, let's say you buy Voyager stock. You're mm -hmm. buying the potential for not just being, you know, potentially one of the biggest crypto brokerages, but you're also buying a potential stock brokerage down the road, right? You're buying potential debit cards, credit cards down the road, and bank accounts, and so many different things that you know. A, a, you know, you buy, let's say, Bitcoin. There's nothing wrong with that. But what can Bitcoin do other than maybe we can, you know, make transactions through, right? Um, you know, Ethereum's exciting, right? And I own a little bit of Ethereum, but I mean, you know, how do you how do you value Ethereum over time? That that's a tough part. Like Voyager, I I know how to value that based upon cash flows that come in, yeah. revenue that comes in, net income that comes in over time. With uh, Ethereum, like how do we value Ethereum over time? So Just based know. on usability, yeah. And then I guess scarcity wouldn't be one of them because there's an infinite supply. But hopefully once they move to Ethereum 2.0, where they have more control over the inflation, that's when we'll see it. I think, yeah, I think Ethereum is where it's at right now. It's, it's going to appreciate much more than Bitcoin is once it moves over to 2.0. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and uh, Graham, are, do you have any investments in in any of the uh, like crypto brokerages or like any anything in that that whole space? Um, I don't. I okay. don't know. Um, guys, by the way, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Did you see the Robinhood IPO that they filed? They secretly filed an I. Did I, they? Yes. Yes. Nobody's been talking about that. Because they happened. secretly just filed it. <laughs> they didn't say anything. Yeah. Filed confirmation for IPO. Oh, this is just a few hours ago. Yeah. They were like, exit point. <laughs> I am leaving now. No, I don't know. I got to look into that. Yeah. But there's uh, no no valuation, nothing. Because Wow. You know what's funny? I don't know if this is, this is done on purpose. On CNN Business, it says Robinhood files uh, confidential, uh, confidentially for IPO. Yep. And then right below that is an ad for public. With ah, Michael of course Bolton. it is. It's the first video that plays. Yeah, totally intentional. Wow. That's hilarious. Michael Bolton wants you to break up with Robin Hood. <laughs> Why do you guys think they made it so so secretive and they didn't announce anything? Oh, man. That's a, that's a lot of good questions around that. You know what I think? I think they should have went public a couple years ago. I think that would have been ingenious. I think they got greedy with staying in VC land so long. It should have went public a couple of years ago because I feel like with the mistakes they've made, I feel like if they had a massive quantity of investors that were investing in that company, they would have been able to slide so much better. 
it, you know, if there were massive amounts of people that were invested in that company, but because no one's invested in it, nobody has Robinhood's back other than maybe Robinhood, right? And the Robinhood employees. Yeah, no, I, I, it's so interesting. I don't know how well it's going to do because every retail investor is like furious with them. I like yeah. if you see the Wall Street bets Reddit, they're like, oh, take them down. <laughs> it's like mm. it's crazy. The problem is, I do wonder what percentage uh, of of users are actually part of YouTube and Wall Street bets and this this particular drama. Right. It's right. very likely that like we are overexposed to this because everyone on YouTube talks about this. Everyone on, on Wall Street bets talks about this. We, we could be a blip in the radar. Like for 10% the user base. At, the, at maximum, you're saying that that's our exposure. That's our audience. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea on, on the that user base, is. but I think there are a lot of people who they hear about Robinhood, they sign up, they like it, and they live their lives. They don't talk about stocks every day. They don't go on trading forums every day, right? Uh, I, I think the vast majority of people... Uh, you know, they, they got their Robin Hood. They put a few hundred bucks in a week or whatever, buy a couple stocks, they're well, out of there. You know, the, the thing is, is it, it's not like everybody's going to mass leave Robin Hood. I think the big question yeah. around the IPO is it's got a it's got a rich valuation. It's got a huge valuation and you need a lot. Well, how of do you know what the value is? Uh, I think they're talking about what's it over 40 billion, 40 yeah. or 60 billion. Yeah. 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 to 60 billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. That's what they've just been talking about recently. I read about that too. Yeah, sixty. No, I I think that's based on prior prior funding rounds, but not what they're thinking in terms of uh, listing at. Well, so then like, it would be even bigger. List higher is my point. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. the number would go higher. Yeah, and, and so that's the big question. I mean, you're you need a lot of people to really truly believe in Robinhood and like have Robinhood's back. And um, I don't. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who actually does no, because I don't see a lot of people that do. It's it's going to come down to uh, their profit. How much freaking money are they making? You they're know? not making I much. Mean, if, ah, we'll see. If they're printing tendies, man, it's going to be juicy. I if they're losing money still, it's going to be a problem. They have what? to be. They have to be making a decent amount of money. No, not yeah, yeah. But the thing is, not to fill that type of valuation. That's the thing. Mm. That, that's the big part. But they have so many ways that they could be making money. So many different ways if they ever want to go into full-on banking or loans or they issue a credit card. I feel like there's so many different ways they could do this. I just feel like that the fallout from the, the whatever, let's say 10% of their users, that, that bad news travels fast. And I feel like if they want to expand, like Jeremy was saying, they should, they should have done that a long time ago before all this stuff happened. They should have IPO'd a long time ago. And they should have gotten into this stuff beforehand. Now I think it's going to be hard for them to try to gain trust back into things like banking and credit cards. It's going to be like, do I really? It's like I've met people that have never downloaded the app that have literally told me like, oh, Robinhood, isn't that that one app that like stole money from people? And I'm like, where did you hear that? How did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like even people that haven't heard about it have this negative connotation of it. Yeah. And in order to fulfill a super big valuation like Robinhood has, you, you have to have that massive belief in them. And, um, you know, it, it's like, I mean, if, if Tesla didn't have its massive belief behind it, Tesla's not trading at the valuation it's trading at. The only reason me, Kevin will buy 13, 14,000 shares, right. Is because he truly believes where that company's going over the next five, 10 years, whatever, not because of what Tesla's doing today, because what Tesla's doing today, you, you know, you can't, you can't value it like that. They're just not fulfilling the numbers, right? But when you when you run it, you know, far out numbers, all of a sudden you're like, okay, this this can actually make sense. Yeah.
Right. You've got, I mean, like you said, though, uh, Coinbase, 100 bill. Uh, you've got Stripe, 95 bill. Uh, we don't know about the profitability yet here on all these. If Robinhood comes out and they're like, look, we're the most profitable uh, and we've got the biggest amount of users, uh, you know, we don't like it, it. wouldn't surprise me, man. Just wouldn't surprise me. We'll, we'll see. So are you guys going to buy? <laughs> I would buy Coinbase. I would buy, I would Coinbase. buy Coinbase. But as long as it's not going to be like $120 billion, something crazy like that. I honestly feel like anywhere around the 60 to 80 range. Sweet I spot. I throw a little money in that. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? You going to buy some, some Robin Hood? I think it's going to come down to uh, really just uh, how profitable that business is. I'm yeah. very curious about that. Uh, I, I'm inclined to think that this is a, is, is a short-term oopsies. Uh, and, I, you know, in a weird way, you know, I've also become a believer of no press is bad press. And, you know, when Robin Hood's in the news, even in a negative light, all freaking day long for three weeks, Mm. you know, sometimes it turns heads and you actually in some way create more people being interested in Wow, that many people use Robin Hood? Oh, I wasn't going to buy GameStop anyway. You know, you could have those people like, well, GameStop, that's stupid. They should have stopped trading on that. They should have never allowed it. You know, you're going to have those people. Uh, People are like, wow, they make options easy. I mean, you have to say when it comes to options, Nobody's got it down like Robinhood yet. So I guess, no. I guess sorry, sorry, Jeremy, I interrupt you. Are you going to buy some too? Oh no, no, no. I, okay. I, I probably not. Uh, but well, I was going to say, you, you know who who makes bank is uh, Stripe. That's the one I would yeah. be interested in. You know, I, like I'm, I'm telling you guys, like they make uh, probably tens of thousands of dollars, at least ten thousand dollars plus, just off me and my business each year. And I don't know how much of that they get because obviously the, the credit card companies get some, and you know the, Wait, the how much you pay the stripe? Well, I would say ten thousand, if not tens of thousands of dollars per year. Wow. Stripe, it's significant, man. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if it's like a big transaction, I'll look at it. It's like six hundred twenty-two dollars to stripe out of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. They they make, but then again, I know Visa's making a bunch of money off that, right? Or Mastercard or whoever that's going through. So it's not like Stripe is getting all that. But man, what a what a business model that is! They just basically set up the system. You set up your business on it because you need to run transactions as a business, right? And then they just—it's beautiful. They don't basically. I never talk to Stripe. We don't ever. They don't ever do anything for me really, other than just be that facilitator for a transaction. Yeah. It, it's you know it's kind of beautiful like Visa, right? Visa, you just run your card and they just make a little bit of money off that each time and run your card and it's Ooh, just micro transactions. Like, That's where it's at. Just make yeah. a little tiny fraction of a cent. It reminds me of office space. You know, that's all you need is one tenth yeah. of one cent a million yeah. times. So so investing at IPO day, yes or no? You guys for it or against it? Or you wait after or do you buy the same day of the IPO? Are you are you talking stocks in general, Andre? Or are you just There's talking stocks in general? general? Yeah. But okay, let, let's just continue with our example of Robinhood and Coinbase. I, I usually like to wait personally. I like to wait. Yeah. Um, and kind of let it play out a little bit and then um, come take another look at it three months, six months down the road. And Absolutely. I even do that with a lot of the SPACs. But yeah, I would love to hear what you guys do. I, I agree. I, I, I wait too. Yeah, same. I, yeah. I'm generally inclined to do that. It's just been such a crapshoot because the first IPO I ever bought at IPO was Lemonade at 55 bucks a share. 
and you know it's 100 now or whatever it, it ran up to 180 after motley fool pumped them uh you know then i said i'm gonna wait on airbnb because i don't like buying stocks at uh, ipo i could have bought it for 144 it's 200 you know i have not had an opportunity to get it below ipo price again you look at c3 ai way below ipo price right now you look at a firm way below ipo price right now so it's a crapshoot. I mean, it's just like anything in the short term with stocks. It's. I wonder if there's something to be said about the, the pandemic and how people just have such a high savings rate now and people have so much money and they're bored that maybe investing on IPO day is the better move this time around. Mm, yeah. Yeah, because of the hype and the excitement and the exuberance. So maybe you, you buy it the same day and then you see what it runs up to and then whatever. Still have my little. Uh, I have that too. I, I've not used it once. No, I've same. never. I've never used mine. Never. Every, yeah, everybody signed up for that. And never got it. Hey, everybody watching this in about uh, thirteen to fifteen minutes, we're gonna start doing some Q and A with you guys. Okay, so get your questions queued up in like fifteen minutes. We'll we'll uh, start. We'll we'll do a bunch of Q and A for you guys. Okay, but um, okay, so you know. Uh, who owns the most Bitcoin here? Is it Andre for sure, or or Kevin? Are you giving him a run Probably for his Kevin money? At this point. <laughs> no, because I stopped buying. So legitimately, in, in truth of the title, like I've stopped buying. Uh, I've considered selling my Bitcoin uh, to to just pay off my margin. Uh, yeah. Like, hey, look, I'm, I made money on it. I'm up on it. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, 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 like, I'm torn because it's like, it's it's okay. Like, I like it. But it's not one of those where like I have to have this forever. Kevin, I, I thought you were, gonna, you were gonna get to a million dollars. Wasn't that your yeah, goal? Yeah, no, no, I'm not anymore. Why? No, not anymore. Uh, if it happens with market value, that's fine. So right now I'm at uh, probably what is that? Two fifty plus. Oh, okay, uh, five hundred. So seven fifty. So that means Andre's got me beat. Wait, why right. did you stop? What made you stop that? Oh well, first of all, I got too expensive. Uh, like I. I my thought was I'll buy now, and uh, and I said this initially too that I'll keep buying until a million. You know, if if we get so, some price movements down, like if we see those forties and stuff. The last time we saw the forties, though, uh, Tesla was on sale. It, it was really on sale. Like tech was on sale, so I blew all my money on that. And uh, yeah, I mean, would I add now? I don't know. Like if tech skyrocketed, like for me to buy again, tech would have to skyrocket. And Bitcoin would have to fall. This, this doesn't make any sense to me. This whole, whenever I hear somebody say, you know, Bitcoin is cheap or Bitcoin is too expensive, the whole concept doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> uh, you can't do that. Like, how stock, do you value it? <laughs> uh, yeah, a stock, yeah, a stock you can value. You could be like, well, in a forward P metric, you know, this stock's overvalued or on a current P or price to sales ratio. Bitcoin it's what the other guys want to pay. No, that's not true. There are valuable metrics. And then like, I, I don't know exactly the precise way, but there's a lot of network effects that can be valued, whether it's, you know, the cost of mining that you can take into account and, you know, the, the wallets that are being created. So the network is growing and it, 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 there is a way to value it. And I should probably know how to do that, but I just have a rough idea. Mm. So you can look at usage transactions too. You see yeah. the energy usage, despite the uh, actual coin usage is going down, like the energy usage per per coin is going down. Uh, the uh, obviously the volume thing, is important. Way. Who's holding yeah. it? Who's actually putting it in as liquidity? So many different things. Uh, I think probably the easiest thing though is just on a technical basis. Cost of mining, uh, which is just relative, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. Hey, Graham, what do you think about buying raw land in Vegas? Oh, jeez. There's <laughs> a land and holding Not that. There's so much of it. I mean, you drive through any neighborhood long enough, and eventually you come across dozens, if not hundreds of acres of just raw land that's just sitting there. And so many of those communities too, not, not even communities, uh, just, just spaces have been vacant for decades. Well, they just patiently wait for them to be developed. I would never buy raw land without the expectation of building in the next like year or two. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, imagine, imagine, you know, you, you can go back in time, I don't know, 60, 70 years ago and you just were buying raw land in, in Los Angeles metropolitan area. You just buy land and then you just like store it for your, I don't know, great grandkids or something down the road, man. Property tax on, on maintaining that land too. Um, I think there's just some overhead and then the opportunity cost of like, how much money is that going to cost? Are you going to get a loan on it? Who's going to pay that interest? I just don't see, I mean, you would have, it would be like picking a needle in a haystack. Like you would have to pick the right plot of land, the right situation at the right time to be able to sell. Here's what I was thinking though. I I actually considered, and I haven't done enough research into it to buy a a small, tiny plot of land and maybe something like Malibu or somewhere in California or just a tiny, like right by the beach and then put a tiny house there or uh, mm-hmm. like a van lifestyle and Airbnb that like the amount of money those can make is unbelievable. Oh yeah. Andre, it, let's talk about another idea. I, I got another idea. So I was thinking, you know, with, with like on uh, Graham was talking about, you know, you have some, you know, areas where there's tons of land, especially in like North Las Vegas, right. Yeah. Where you can get land for real cheap. And I was like, you know, like a lot of people are into the um, like micro homes or whatever they're called. Tiny homes. Yeah. Tiny homes. I was like, imagine building a whole development like that i'm like a lot of people would yeah. love to live in those there is one here in town downtown vegas where where tony shea uh yeah. he passed away unfortunately but he, but he had a community there i've actually been there it's like people loved it but I'm, i mean that might be a little bit more ambitious but just to test it out and start i think that would be kind of fun maybe if we do it as a millennial money experiment where we buy a small plot of land somewhere zoning just issues doing that and then you have to think well what about we're not go to the, the bathroom. Two, hey, the two no. real estate guys are basically going, heck no. Hey, <laughs> you guys don't know. Doing business in Vegas, man, it's cake. They're, they're like, oh, you want to build? Oh, okay, yeah, come come this way, man. It's not like California. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. I, I don't know enough research about the California process, but I know it's a pain in the butt where it's like you have to have all these licenses and all these things, and I guess for us it's not technically worth California, it. But... California is basically impossible. The closest mm-hmm. I've ever seen to it is, is someone bought a house and then they bought an empty lot next to it. And then they put one of those uh, Airstream. Well, what is that? Those little yeah, yeah, Airstreams, yeah. Yeah, on that plot of land. It's basically in the in their yard. That's it. It's oh, just a bonus little structure. Well, what about Joshua Tree? People are buying a ton of property in Joshua Tree just for, you know, vacation properties. Is that not uh, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I would do Joshua Tree. I've seen some tiny houses out there that look so cool. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it, I personally probably wouldn't go out there building these it things. Doesn't, it doesn't seem that expensive. It seems like for 50 grand, you can buy yourself a plot of land, get it licensed, put something small in there, and then earn a couple thousand dollars a month easily. Yeah, this guy that does this on YouTube um, in Joshua Tree, and he's building these tiny homes. He's basically got it down to like a cut and paste at this point. Science. There we go. Yeah. I mean, right. that's, there's something to it. You could. and then But then it's managing an Airbnb. So you're yeah. managing a hotel really is right. what you're doing. Shelby Andre, Church is doing an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, that's all. I used <laughs> that's to be an Airbnb super host here in Vegas too. Yeah, it's getting more difficult now, isn't it, Andre? Because um, uh, some of the yeah, just our, our lobby is so powerful mm -hmm. here in town. Like yeah. casinos are like, no, you come <laughs> ten miles within the strip, we ban you. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Uh, I, I, would yeah, I, I would love to do a whole like community though, like twenty to fifty of those like little micro mini homes, man. Because you'd get the big cost advantage. You would have all your construction workers line it all up. Right. And even build them on spec, I, you know, like, like just start building them. And I think people would come, man. I really do. I, I do. I think so too, especially if it's in a good location that people like to typically vacation at. Um, yeah. But the only reservation that I was like, Kevin and Graham are like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm trying to decide if that's because they think it's a bad idea or because they just think that the time is not val is not worth the return. No, it's just, zoning is a nightmare. I've always okay. wanted to do a, uh, here in LA, I've always wanted to do micro units where you would have like 150, 200 square feet and just rent them out. Not only would you be able to fit more people and, and solve a big housing problem, but you would also get a higher amount per square foot for rent. So the landlords are making way more, you could make double and people would pay less. Instead of spending $3,000 a month on rent, you could rent a you know, little tiny space for $1,000 a month in a perfect area, solve all the problems. But zoning doesn't like that because then there's a parking requirement to that. Where do you park all the cars? Where do they get access to transportation? It, it becomes this logistical nightmare where I feel that if it were that viable, someone else would already be doing it. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that last part. I, I feel oh. like the barrier of entry is kind of high. That's why people, or maybe people haven't thought about it yet. But Kevin, I feel Andre, like you know something you're not telling us. <laughs> Andre, we need to just find somebody that's got like $10 million or $20 million to their name. <laughs> $14 shares of Tesla, maybe? I don't know. That'll Yeah. Work. Like if they just sold their Tesla position, maybe they could help us fund this project. We'll yeah. be the ones to put in the work. Yeah. <laughs> I would literally liquidate my real estate portfolio and put it all into GameStop before doing that. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey. Andre, now he's giving us some fighting words. Now we got something wrong. I, I know why Kevin's saying that. He's saying that because he's just he's doing ten million things at once. And to him, more real estate is like the worst thing in the world right now. So it's it's not necessarily a bad idea. It's just it's just is for that it, Kevin. Or it, are we on the same page that it? You, Look, if you want to if you want to deal with it ever 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 ever, and and I got myself into this and it was the stupidest thing ever, but I'm living it right now. You get into dealing with the city and you think, hey, this is what the law is. I should be able to do that. The law does not matter. The city is above the law. And unless you're handing out B, you know, to, to certain people uh, and, and they're totally in love with you, uh, you get screwed because every step of the way they throw the book at you. Uh, and and even, if, even if they're neutral with you, they throw the book at you because it's easier. Oh, I could get this this permit off my desk today if I just tell them they have to correct some bullcrap. Sure, makes my life easier. I get to go home. We hit our quota of how many corrections we sent out. It is a screwed up, disastrous system. I will never in my life choose to do business with a city in California again. And I'm not traveling to Vegas to deal with cities yeah. over there. Right. Yeah. No, I believe that. Yeah, you're just saying bureaucracy, and that, that's fair. I. I I listen to that.
Yeah. Yeah. I, I know the cities here, though, man. They, they would work with us, Andre. North Las Vegas would. I, I Summerlin think Vegas, would. Yeah, you're right. It, Vegas is a lot better about that. California Vegas is so nice. I actually had this guy, Ryan, reach out from the city just to welcome me to Las Vegas. Wow. The nicest guy. It was like, anything you need, just, just let us know. We're, we're, we, want, we want everyone to know Vegas is a very business friendly city. Come one, come all. Like seriously, I didn't, I didn't get that invite. I didn't get that welcome. Imagine <laughs> LA welcoming me. Like, hey, welcome. Thanks so much for bringing your business over here. Gosh, That's it's it's night and day. Wow. Yeah. The, hey, and then if North if North Las Vegas turns us down, Andre, we'll go out to Boulder City. Boulder City, can you? Oh, dude, they'd be like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna do yeah. what? They they pay you money to do it. Yeah. <laughs> dude, imagine. Imagine they give us a lane for free. I'm gonna have somebody look into this for me, man. Let's I think we're on some big. Let's sponsor we, that. <laughs> we just made ten million dollars, Andre, on this one little podcast, man. We just made ourselves ten mil. Congrats, congrats, to you, man. <laughs> now I'm gonna steal that. Like, I'm just do it myself. <laughs> any questions from the audience that we have? Let's yeah, let's, let's do it. Question time, man. Sell real estate and put it all into Tattooed Chef. Before partnering on that project, yes. <laughs> you, did you say you want to fight with on um, Tattooed Chef one more time before we do Q and A? Is that what you said? No, no, honestly, I mean, like before I deal with the city and permits, I would hands down throw every dime I got into Tattooed Chef. It is such a hey, well, actually, you... oh, go ahead. Well, actually, I was going to say back to the BlockFi thing. I don't know what made me think about it. Because when you called talking about that issue with the whole over-collateralized thing, I was like, wait, is this a thing we should talk about? Or is this a business proposition that we should create our own <laughs> and uh, solve this liquidity problem? But, uh, yeah, the, hey. the problem is, here's here's the thing. Okay, and that, That's actually a really good, good uh, thing you bring up. So, so say you're like, okay, we're going to go into this, this this sort of business, and you don't offer competitive interest rates like Voyager Kraken. What unique selling proposition do you have? Oh, that in this you know two sigma event, we're we're not going to collapse. <laughs> two sigma. <laughs> two sigma <laughs> no, no, I think it's, I think it's the interest rate. I think we can match it, if not beat the interest rate especially in the beginning. And the second thing I think we offer is the fact that we are in, in many ways public figures that hopefully people trust enough not to do some shenanigans behind the scenes. And I think that's very valuable. Rather uh, so than we some, lend, so we could lend other people's money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the business structure would be, but yeah, I guess it would be that. And maybe we would do it in a more sensible way. I don't know if that's possible to do, um, but it hey. seems like it would be. Before before we get into uh, Q and A, Kevin, one last one last question before we get in this Q and A. Why are you not buying Corsair Gaming CRSR? What is going on there, man? Like like what is going on? Do you have an agenda against my stocks? Do you hate my? I'm just kidding. I'm not hate, but like, what, why are you not buying Corsair, man? Come on, it's a deal. Uh, so in fairness, uh, I did maybe like uh, five minutes of a lookup on it, uh, and and it just it. It didn't enthuse me. I don't think that's that's not a, it's not a diss on you. It's somebody who's asking me about it. I, I can I can pull it up. Uh, but um, yeah, you know the thing is, and and I'll say this. I think this is probably the more important part. Uh, when I buy a stock, I have to be enthused. Like I have to be excited about it, and the numbers have to make sense. It's like it's like a one-two punch. Because here's the thing: if I buy something I'm not excited about, and then the price goes down. Uh, then, then I'm kicking myself like, gosh, what did I do? I made a mistake. If I'm excited about something and the fundamentals are right, 
and the price goes down, I'm like, this is a deal, right? Well, so it's, yeah. it's mindset building. Okay, but but here's the thing, and this is where this is interesting. Corsair, it, it's, a, it's a play on two things. And two things that you do, gaming and streaming. It's a pure play on gaming and is streaming. Is there Elgato, right? Yeah, they own Elgato, yeah. which you know yeah. is huge in stream decks, and uh, they're getting huge into microphones now and different different products like that. And so, you know, you love you love gaming and you love streaming. Obviously, you stream you know ten times a day. So I'm like, wow, it's it's a pure play on both of those. If you believe, I've been trending twice on gaming now. Wow, <laughs> really? Holy smokes! Yeah. And, and so if you if you think like let's say gaming is going to get a lot bigger over the next five ten years and streaming. It's the purest play in the stock market you could possibly be in. And it's at a forward P of like 20. What's the ticker? CRSR. I've heard some good uh, things about that. I threw, I think like 30K in it at uh, 34-ish. I'm down a little bit on that. On, on Corsair Gaming? Yeah, but yeah, it, right now the lockup's going on. So it's the, in my, well, I don't want to give anybody financial advice because there's 9,000 people watching this and probably another hundred something thousand <laughs> during the week. But CRSR is uh, there's a lockup going on right now, so it's the perfect time, in my opinion, to accumulate shares in the short term. And I'm only giving you financial advice, Kevin. I'm not giving anybody else, so you can sue me, yeah. but nobody else. Okay? I think All it's right, a perfect. Jerry, I'll, I'll I'll buy it. Yeah, Andre, we sold yeah. one. Okay, CRSR to the house. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's, I think Tomorrow it's now it's going to be up eight percent. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's uh, it, the lockup just started a few days ago, Kevin. So I think if you're if you're want to hold for the next three, five, seven years, I think it's a it's a pure play in gaming and streaming, and they own so many companies. It, it's not even funny. So um, mm -hmm. in the gaming space and streaming space, should I put five hundred shares or a thousand shares? Uh, oh, if it's if it's any less than ten thousand shares, don't even don't even consider. I'm them. not me, Kevin, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a thousand to start, and then if it goes down fifty percent by another thousand, I'm just kidding. I hope it doesn't go down that much. <laughs> uh, did it man. just go down a bunch? It did, yeah, because there's a lot of fear around the lockup, which just finally happened on March 21st, and so everybody was scared, like, oh, what if a bunch of people sell out of the stock? There's a lockup expiration, blah blah blah, and um, also there's like this fear in the short term of basically the year-over-year -year comps are going to be super hard because obviously you know they had a huge you know, last year, everybody buying keyboards and everything. So everybody's like, or not everybody, but people on Wall Street are like, oh, it's going to be a tough comp year. So I don't know if I want to buy, I'll buy the stock next year. I won't buy it this year. Mm -hmm. So me as a long-term investor in the stock, I'm like, you know, I want to buy, buy, buy. And then, you know, we'll see what plays out over the next five, 10 years. There yeah, we go. I mean, so there we, wait, one share. Oh, a thousand shares. Okay. Well, there right. we go. Oh, wait, is that Robin Hood? Yeah, it's Robin Hood. <laughs> oh, there we go. We got Andre on board. That's what I'm talking about. Me, Kevin, you look like you're getting ready to buy some. And, and Graham, you look like you're looking into it right now. Well, I've I already mean, bought. Okay, so I, I've been debating buying more. Well, I bought it. I told you I, I bought it 34. That's right. Uh, yeah. Now 31. And I was debating, ah, uh, you know, do I do I wait? Do I mm -hmm. wait for it to drop more? Because I bought in as much as I was willing to invest. So just don't tell Jack about this stock because I don't want it dropping 50%. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jack's watching, man. He, he's, he's probably got his, his bit on Robinhood right now, too. <laughs> we got to all move over to public, public.com slash Graham. You can get your free stock. <laughs> oh, oh, are we going? Are we going plug. We, now everybody has to do a plug. Weebo's like, those, those are fighting words right there. <laughs> Everybody plugs now. So, okay, Jeremy, tell me, why, uh, you know, what, what kind of growth are you expecting here? So this year will be a little more timid because it's coming off a super tough comp year, right? Because so yeah. many people were buying, you know, everything last year. I'm expecting double digit growth this year, somewhere between 10 and 20%. And then I'm expecting solid five to 15% growth for years and years to go into the future. Um, mm -hmm. You know, cause I think gaming is just going to get bigger. Streaming is going to get bigger. This company's got their foot on the gas. They keep buying companies too, little companies that they're going to grow um, even some software companies. And then I think the real compelling part of Corsair, if they get more into software and services over time, which is I think the route they're going, they're going to be able to command. They're going to, well, they're buying companies like apps and different things like that. Yeah. If yeah, they yeah. Can, but, but I mean, like, like, you know, I don't want to buy a hardware company to get potentially a hit on software, you know? Well, okay. So the, the hardware company, I think alone will, it can justify the valuation it's at and go up a lot okay. more. So that's just that. I'm just talking about the cherry on top, I think is if they can get more into software and services, because then you go from a company that is valued like a hardware company at a forward P of 20 to 30 to all of a sudden you can be valued at a 50, 60, 70. So that that's a cherry on top. I think no matter what, it's a good money maker regardless. Um, but if they can successfully transition, I think that's huge. Oh, and they're getting into basically training um, of like, you know, a lot of people don't even, you know, get trained in games like properly by professionals and things like that. So they're actually starting, yeah. they're going to try to become the premier player in training of like video games and whatnot. So you know, kind of similar to like you'd get skiing lessons or golf lessons. They're going to become that. And then all the professionals that use that are all going to use Corsair products and Elgato products. And so you know, is, there like a, is there a service for that? Like uh, it doesn't, does something like that exist already where, where people can, can sign up for like coaching or whatever through, Not, through gaming? Nothing big. Corsair is going to probably be the first big player in this market. There's, there's, hmm. it's just not a big thing as of right now, but it's going to be, in my opinion, over time. So you know, they used to do that. They used to, they used to have a hotline where you could call and they'd be like, Hey, I can't beat this Donkey Kong level. And they'd be like, well, let me walk you through it. That was <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah, that's great. Wow. No, that's incredible. Yeah. So that's just another cash flow machine. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, you know, I think there's so many different angles that are exciting. And at a Ford P of 22, let's say 23. Yeah. Um, it's not like you're paying some ridiculous valuation. It's like, oh my gosh, this is this is pricing in ten years of growth. It's it's like you know, it's already attractive. No, it's. But. I mean, look, the, the, from the first time I I looked at it, it's uh, it's certainly a lot cheaper, it, which is, in some sense is a good thing. I mean, they've got 129 million cash. Uh, they get a lot a lot of long term debt. Uh, their long term debt, just long term. Uh, you know, not looking to the other things here. Their long-term debt, uh, not looking at payables. Where's the long-term? I just had it up here. Long-term borrowing, $321 million. It's a lot. you got like 1,900 employees. It's a lot. I know they're building stuff. Uh, you've got, uh, I was looking at, so uh, projected revenue. Uh, I can I can show this uh, if I push this button and this button. Yeah, so last I was looking year, at, go ahead. Last year we grew crazy. 
Yes, they did by like 55%. It was crazy. Yep. Uh, and they're projected to go to 11.9%, then 7.2. If anything, you know, that slowing growth rate projected even into 22 is potentially a little bit concerning. I do look, don't get me wrong, I love gaming. I have their products. I've got the Elgato stuff. I think it's brilliant. Uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, you're right though about their valuation. I mean, in 2022, at 1.68 as a projected EPS, you know, at 31.48 or whatever, close that today. That's super cheap, man. 18.7 times, you know, that's it's it's cheap. But the question is, is it cheap for a good reason? Uh, and so uh, I think it, for me to invest in this, it would have to be looking at do do I think they can smash what Wall Street thinks in 21 and 22? Maybe I just don't know enough of their products to say. But I mean, what you're saying sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see where it all, all shakes out. But anyways, let, let's get in that Q&A, guys. Let's, let's do some Q&A for the fans. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to love that. Quick round, lightning round. Go. Lightning round. Oh, wait, wait. We need we need the music. Where's the – we need the – Yes. Is it the Jim Kramer? By the dip. Well, no, the, the Jim Kramer <laughs> one. Because, you know, I just have to get it to where I can do multiple at a time. Because I can only do one at a time. Like, I uh, starts. Oh, just <laughs> but, you, know, you know, that one and like the lightning and the bolts and all that kind of stuff. Not sure why it's not going through my, uh, oh, that's why. But anyway, yeah. Okay. Go with the questions. What's questions? You're, you're the one pulling them up, man. I'm pulling the questions up. I thought you guys could see I the thought, questions. I thought Jeremy was. <laughs> we need one person, Kevin. I nominate you. Okay, fine. Question. Why would you even consider? Oh, oh, it all just jumped. Oh God. Okay. Well, I'll get to the bottom of this. Hold on. All right. I'm situated. Here we go. Yeah, okay, I can't even go. get Started. the questions up, Graham. I can get it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by the Blood Eye. <laughs> Started with 50k, got 140k, now 90k. Uh, okay. Uh, bought a house for 450k in Central Oregon. Do I pull out? Do we pull out my down payment now or wait. or wait until June when I close? Kevin, we can't oh. see it. Oh, you want me to put it up? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay there you go. There we go. Oh, that's what you all want. Yeah. Do, I, yeah. do I pull out now or do I wait? I don't know, guys. Uh, so basically, they're in escrow on a place, it sounds like, and they need the down payment. Their portfolio went from 140K to 90K. They're up money. But now they're panicking because they got this place. When are you closing is the question. Oh, in June. It says it. It says June. Uh, in June's a, June's a while out. I mean, that's three months out. I, I don't know. Me, I'd wait. If the market crashed more, I would just not buy the house then. Well, it depends what, he's in, well, it depends what the investment is. I mean, if it's in GameStop, we would all say, start with 50. <laughs> oh. Right? Because it depends what he's invested in. Kevin, if he's in Tattooed Chef, you would tell him to sell. But if it's in Tesla, you would say to hold. Yeah. Well, in, in fairness, if it were Tattooed Chef or Tesla and it were diversified into these techs, I would wait. Uh, you know, Tattooed Chef is basically valuing itself like a tech company. So we may as well say they're all going to be in the same right together. And yeah. I think they'll do well over the next few months. <sighs> all right. All right. Next question. Probably wait. Yeah. Why, why would you even consider selling Bitcoin now? Oh, says crypto and beyond. Okay, somebody else take that question. No, that's you. It can't be directed at me. You're the only one who wants to sell. Oh, it's yeah, a down margin. To, because if if uh, if there's a Bitcoin collapse at the same time as tech sells off more, 
Uh, it would just be to buffer margin. If I were zero in margin, I wouldn't sell Bitcoin. Uh, okay, next question is, with regards to earning interest on stable coins, what's your thought on decentralized projects like Compound Finance, Ave, more transparent than BlockFi as their assets are on Ethereum? I don't know. I don't know, guys. Andre? I've not looked into that. Yeah. So I, I guess that I would have a follow-up question for Daniel, uh, and then maybe Daniel, he can answer this for us. Uh I don't care if the ownership of the coin is transparent. I need to know how many times it's been lent. If that's transparent, uh, I don't know. Would I care more? Probably not, because people are dumb in in that in the sense of like when it comes to looking at looking at these these numbers, they'll tell you to your face, "Hey, it's lent out ten times," uh, and and we won't evaluate the risk. Uh, so I think that would help, but I think there's a risk that e- even if that's available. We won't look it up as a society. And and I include myself in, in that that category of like, I think there's there's that potential like, hey, everything's fine. It's going up. There's no problem. And that makes us dumb money in that sense, right? Uh, without evaluating that risk. So I think that's, that's a potential downside. Now, I don't know what they're more transparent about. I would have to know that answer. So I'll circle. We'll circle back to that. So thank you for that. Uh, okay, next question. I want to quit my current job at 60K a year, move to Atlanta to start a real estate company with my mom. She currently makes 480k a year. Do I quit? Well, I got my answer on that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'll put the questions up here so other people could oh, follow sorry. along. Yeah. Sorry. There we go. Yes. <laughs> why why, I think why that would that be What? Why does your, your mom do to make 480k a year? Is it how? Well, she currently. I, yeah, I'm assuming it's a real estate. Uh, Imagine uh, that if she's not, Imagine if the mom is going to quit her career too. They're both going to do something entirely <laughs> true. Different. True. So let's clarify that too. So Zella, we want to know, is it also, is, is she already operating a real estate business and you're just going to join her? Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, you're making, if she's got so much business, you're going to make more than 60 K. Hey, you heartbeat. guys ever been to magic city? No. no. Okay. Never mind. Let's yeah, go on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 See, she works in real estate. It says here. Okay. Oh okay. yeah. Easy. Yeah, you should yeah, definitely. That's, 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 yeah. I'm, that's, that's what I'm telling my girlfriend Corey to do as well. Real estate, do that. <laughs> it's a no freaking brainer. Cool. Uh, okay, we can, yes. we can all just work for his mom too. Okay, yeah. okay. So here it is. Yes, it's transparent. There is clear maximum leverage. Typically, three or four. Yeah, yeah. Well, well hold on a second. Clear maximum leverage is, is, is there are many different kinds of leverage, right? And I hate to keep adding questions, but those, these are the important things when it comes to investing. Is so is is the a stable coin? Does that have a limit to how many times it can get, get moved around? I think that's what you're saying. Or when somebody goes, because there's, there's the second form of lending, which is, hey, I want to borrow against what I have myself and increase what I have myself, right? So like if I have uh, $100 in Bitcoin, maybe I could borrow 25 or 35 against it. I think you're saying the stable coin is max leverage at four to five times. I mean, to me, that's somewhat similar probably to what already happens at the other institutions. It's just maybe like in our face. But this is again why I say like, it still leaves us dumb because it's like, okay, well, how much of a risk is that really? Like, it'd be so nice if we had a little a little scale that I could just slide and go, if Bitcoin falls 90%, who goes bankrupt? And guess who does that for us? The Fed with bank stress tests at banks. If stocks fall this, who's screwed? Who's underwater? We don't have that in crypto yet. 
Uh, and, and so look again, I'm not, it's not like I'm running away selling out now, but those, so may, Hey, maybe those, those guys are going to be more transparent and that's their unique selling proposition. And, and that's, uh, that's how more people invest there. I, I, you know, maybe it sounds great. Something to look into. Okay. Here's a three parter folks. You guys are loving the centralized exchanges. Like, oh, wait, is this, is this the one that we already answered and can run away with your crypto at any time, but there are others like, I think this is a similar question. This other DeFi stuff. Jesus, thirty-eight percent APY. Okay. Uh, maybe not then. What? Thirty-eight percent APY. <laughs> See, that stuff makes me instantly nervous. nervous. Yes. Yes. Yeah, especially when somebody goes, "You can lock up trustlessly." No, well, I don't know what that means. First of all, and get paid up to thirty-eight percent APY. By the way, a quick and easy way to answer that is, is is it depends on your risk assessment, right? So the more decentralized of a platform you invest in, the more risk you take on from a technology perspective. If somebody hacks into that crypto, if somebody like something happens, then Decentralized comes at a cost of security. So it, you want to assess that how you will. And if it's 38%, then you're probably Bitcoin. taking on a big risk. Bitcoin is ultra decentralized, more decentralized than even like the, the people who are building currencies uh, on, on top yeah. of uh, but, Ethereum, right? Yes, but that's not automatically given to other cryptos just because Bitcoin's decentralized and it's secure. It does not mean other no, cryptos no, no, no. Yes. are equally Yes, yes, yes. That, that benefit is not bestowed upon the other. Yes. yes, correct. Okay, fair. Good, good point. Anybody else want to add a comment to that or next question? Next question. Okay, what's your thought on the real estate agent boom? More agents than properties to sale for sale. Does that signal a bubble? Is there a boom? There's always been more agents than properties to sell, though. Yeah, that's is, always been the case. There's is no. There a, is there a boom? I've never heard of a boom like that. I've heard a bomb or a, a bubble? Like how's the, how do you assess a bubble? Yeah. Any... Listen, most agents, when it comes to that, they're horrible. They suck. Like out of that fifty percent, don't even have to worry about them because they're bad. So just take the number, cut it in half. Of the half, half of those people do it part-time. So now we're at 25%. Those are the people you really got to compete with. And of those 25%, how many are even good at it? A fraction of those. So I think as long as you're just like, you pick up your phone, you show up every day, you show up early to your appointments and you're on top of it, you're already in like the 90th percentile. So... Mm. And that's that's so why I'm sure now because of the pandemic. There's a bubble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's right. a freaking bubble. Uh, okay. <laughs> thoughts on IPOE, SoFi, the lending platform. Anybody have thoughts on on more rocket mortgages? Are they not exactly? But... Yeah. Huh? I don't have any no? thoughts. No, no, everybody's no. I, I get nervous about any lending platform when society believes interest rates are going to the moon. Uh, so it, it creates issues for me. Uh, even Rocket Mortgage, even though I own it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying more of this. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been I've been very consistent on my thoughts on Rocket. I think Rocket Mortgage is a phenomenal company, undervalued, underappreciated, uh, uh, and, and SoFi maybe as well. But uh, you know, with with the environment we're in, I, I just don't think. Lending platforms or where it's at. Hey, so, Rocket, well, why do you, why are you so sold on? I mean, I'm I'm not I'm understand the Rocket long term thesis there, Kevin, yeah, but no. short term, man, mortgage rates no, going short term up. it sucks. Short yeah, term it sucks. Yeah, that and so why should somebody buy today and not let's say wait they six shouldn't. months? They should. Okay. I'm just not going to sell it. Yeah, but they shouldn't buy. Okay, it. interesting. 
Let's do okay. let's do two more questions. Got to be really good, Kevin. Two more, two more. Oh, well, I already clicked on this one. What is this? Okay. Would any of you be down to a podcast call? Okay, well, I mean, here's the developer. Okay, I think this is probably not the right venue to ask that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, sorry, I, I clicked that one because it, it, it looked like a question, but I didn't actually read it first. Yeah. Okay, so we need two more, two more good, two good more. questions. They got to be good ones. Two, two last okay. ones to close it out here. Uh, okay, Brilliant. here we go. Yeah, this is nice. So. You can only hold one asset for the next 10 years. What is it and why? Go! Graham. Ooh, one asset. I would almost say, oddly enough, real estate. I, I think would just be the, the most stable. And I would just pick probably one building. Maybe one or two buildings and get it managed. If I were to just pick one thing. I, I For me, it would be Bitcoin. Even though it's the riskiest oh of any asset you can pick. And it sounds stupid. I think if you have enough conviction in something and you believe in it, from what I've learned from you guys, it's the, the people that become the wealthiest or the people that make one or two bets that they truly believe in. And for me, that would be that. I think that's going to be the best performer in the next 10 years. For, for me, Facebook stock, because uh, I'll 2x to 4x my money easy and I won't lose any money for the next 10 years. Other stocks I have are riskier. I mean, it, so if it's asset class... Uh, I would, I might be tempted at this point to just, just liquidate everything, keep it all in, in, in stocks. You know, I, if it's an asset class like that, if I could only, you know, pick one asset yeah. class, uh, if, if I could only, uh, I mean, I guess that would be the same as, as real estate. Uh, but like, for example, if the question was, could I only have one stock or, or real estate? Well, then it would be real estate. In that by, the, by the way, I just wanted to clarify that's that's in my position when I have a high income that I can risk that investment. But if I was not in my position, I wouldn't necessarily pick Bitcoin. Hmm. I might pick something a little bit more stable. But because I'm okay if my if my crypto investment goes away, I'll still have enough income to make up for the difference. So it's a different right. position. Nice save there. What do you mean, nice? <laughs> save? Okay. Gotta nice. clarify. <laughs> All right, all right, Kevin. One last question, man. Make it a good one. This is the grand finale. It's got to be a good one. It's it's topical to our video, and I think it's a good one for Andre to answer here. Okay. Oh, okay. If it runs on the Ethereum blockchain, it can be hacked. Well, there you go. I know not all of them are running on Ethereum. I know some of them are running on their own proprietary cryptos that that are not as secure as Ethereum. So it just depends on which one we're talking about. The the problem is, and here's the thing. Okay, this is this is an issue that comes up regularly. People are like, well, Kevin. It's a smart contract. It's guaranteed to work perfectly. I think that inherently is flawed. Uh, now, it is correct that one plus two equals you know three in, in, in the terms of a smart contract. This is true. But if a smart contract says, if you, okay, let's say there's a smart contract that says you borrow $25 of Bitcoin against the $100 of Bitcoin you have. Smart contract says Bitcoin goes to $35, you get liquidated. Smart contract says that. Acts that way. Great. Cool. Okay. BlockFi got my my all my Bitcoin. They got all my Bitcoin. That's valued at $35 now. The contract's going to work. This is correct. But if Bitcoin goes to $5,000, you know, it, it plummets, and now the value of my, my money is $10 or $5 or whatever, the contract performs. But what the other person is left with could potentially be substantially different from what they expected they were going to get so so while while there may be there may be ways to engineer these these perfect smart contracts it doesn't eliminate the fact that there is this this serious lending risk anytime you lend something 
And every CEO that I've talked to, well, the two CEOs that I've talked to about this uh, regarding blockchain, uh, they all say the same thing. The risk is counterparty risk. You are trusting in another party holding an asset that fluctuates in value. And you don't know what you're going to get back, whether it's a smart contract or a paper contract. Hey, Kevin, I got I got the question to end it, man. Uh, put yeah. up the one from Jack. It says, uh, what are your life goals and when do you think you'll retire? I think that's a good one to end it on today because that's a, that's a deep one, man. I would love to hear everybody's perspective on that one. And then so that's a big one. Who, who wants to, okay, I'll go first. So my life goals has always been to like create crazy amounts of wealth and be able to like, you know, do charity, uh, like maybe change it and do it better than it's been done in the past. Something like that. That's always been like my guiding light since I was probably 18 or 19. And as far as retiring, I don't see it for myself. Maybe someday, you know, I took over a year off when my, my firstborn son was born and, um, I just got bored over time. And plus like, I don't know, I'm just ambitious. Like if I ever lost ambition, I might retire. But as long as I got ambition, man, I just it, I get too bored, like just sitting around, like doing nothing. Um, but let, let's hear it, guys. Yeah, that's really. I actually made a video that I'm going to post on Friday talking about something similar. Where it was like when I originally started YouTube, my goal was to fire, right, financial independence, retire early. But now that I've reached that point, I'm like, well, darn, I don't want to go to some beach and retire on fifty thousand dollars a year. That's that sounds boring. That like, what else can I do? And then I was like, well, should I make it fat fire, right? Fat fire is kind of like fire, but it's let's say spending a hundred thousand dollars a year of, of income, passive income that you're earning. Yeah. And I was like, well, that sounds kind of boring too. If I reach that, like then what? And so I guess I guess the goal the goalpost has been moved, and now for me it's 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 something like I'm kind of we're all kind of doing, which is democratizing finance for everybody, but maybe on a bigger scale. So maybe we can have at some point not just be content creators who are putting out videos, but maybe we can do something like. I don't know, starting our own brokerages, starting our own interest-based business, wh whatever it is, where just, I feel like there's much more potential in this space that we haven't yet reached, where right now we're focused on videos, we have our own products, like that's cool, but can can we get like, can we build billion dollar companies together? Is that something that's even possible that we can do to really democratize what we're doing on a scale that we haven't done before? And like that, that's like a big, big long-term goal. So yeah. that's- I, I love that, Andre. What, yeah. what about you, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I mean, I really like what, what you mentioned, uh, uh, Jeremy. That's that's probably me. Like, I feel like uh, working almost keeps you young. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my big thing is uh, definitely to the charity, but it would be uh, ch child poverty's got to go, man. That's, that's a big thing. Global child poverty, having children, it's just, I can't imagine children being hungry. Start with child hunger, then go into child uh, poverty. Uh, and I do, do want to quickly just mention, because there are a few comments going like, ah, oh, Kevin doesn't understand smart contracts. Look, I get it. I I, I, fully, I get it. I, maybe I don't understand as much as I need to, uh, and I'm willing to learn more. I'm always wanting to learn more. I, I get the thing about no counterparty risk. Those were two kind of things merged together. Quick quick thing, Joe, just, just reiterate, when, when a lender lends money, what they get back does not have to be as valuable as when they gave it. Somebody lends me a, a, a hundred, you know, Bitcoin at fifty thousand, and I give it back to them when the market value is a thousand. There's still risk involved to that lender. That's what I'm referring to. The contract will work, you know, like somebody says here, a million percent or whatever. But what you get back is not necessarily what you expected. Uh, and when people make business decisions on, oh, I got these assets because loans made, smart contracts made, or assets, 
on balance sheets at uh, crypto companies when they get back less than they expected because BlockFi lent, uh, I don't know, $100 million to Voyager, let's say, as an example, and they get back $10 million. But then let's say BlockFi has a bunch of obligations that are worth more than $10 million. You got big problems. That's what I'm saying. Contracts will work. <laughs> what you make those contracts is the problem. <laughs> Good answer. All right. Uh, I'm glad Jack uh, hopped on this. Jack is awesome. I had uh, Jack on the podcast, by the way. Um, such a smart kid. Really doing And he's buying real estate, too, at like 17. It's crazy. So, Jack, what's what's up? Uh, happy to happy to see you on here. But I don't know. I don't I, life goals. I, I honestly I wish I had thought further ahead. I've just always kind of felt like doing what I what I felt is right and have fun doing and every day I wake up and I'm enjoying what, what I'm working on. So I think over time that'll change. And I don't know if there'll ever be a point where I'll retire. I'm sure I'll always be tinkering on something. Maybe at one point I, I spend more time on hobbies. But at this point, I'm having so much fun doing this. All right, cool. Graham, take it. Take us home, Graham. Take us home, man. So with that said, OK, wait, wait, no, no, for real. Before you leave. Guaranteed, like 50% of you watching this are not subscribed. Just go ahead and subscribe. It's super easy to do. It takes you a quick second. Just go over to that little button right there. Just subscribe. And that way, next week, you're going to get the notification when we go live again. It's going to be a week from today. Just go and subscribe. Kevin, you want to tell them how easy it is? It's easier than a smart contract. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's this button. Uh, and especially good if you do it on a browser because next to the, the red button, which you want to make gray, there's this cool button called join. And when you press that, you could chat with us in the chat here. We see your comments. We all see your comments. Uh, there actually aren't that many. So if you get in now, it's kind of like you're getting into a nice small club. All right. So I'm watching it. So six, uh, 66402 right now. If you subscribe, this is going to be you subscribing right now. Watch this. Wait, wait, we gotta get to six six six. Oh, it went down. This is like stocks. <laughs> don't don't happen. Hey, Graham, oh, Graham. Yeah, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. There we go. Okay. <laughs> we got him back. Holy crap, it's scary for us. I I've never done it where I've, you've subscribed and then you lose subscribers. Sorry, guys. Okay, so someone's playing a joke. That's funny. All right, all right, we got that out of our system. Anyway, subscribe, hit the like button. <laughs> yeah, God. all right, Graham, awesome. finish finish taking us home and don't give it back to Kevin because you know if we give it back to Kevin, he's gonna he's gonna take this for another right. fifteen minutes, man. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching. Um, all of our information's down below in the description. Make sure to like the video again. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, and we'll see everyone a uh, a week from today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.